Hi, welcome to She Will Not Be Silenced with Keisha Shields, the podcast for women leaders on a mission to change the world and build empires that have legacy, success, influence, and intergenerational wealth. We'll talk about how stigmas, stereotypes, grief, and other people's opinions can keep women's voices silenced and the impact these have on successful women and their emotions, their relationships, and their money. If you have felt silenced and need guidance, awakening, and amplifying your voice, visit KeishaShields.com to check out my best-selling Find Your Voice course. Please take a quick second to hit the subscribe button and let's get into this week's episode. You know, the thing about it is that there are so many lies that we've told ourselves about what forgiveness is or what it isn't. I like to use a definition that a British philosopher uses. And her definition is when unjustly hurt by another, we forgive when we overcome the resentment towards the offender, not by denying your right to the resentment, but instead trying to offer, now y'all get ready for this because let me tell you something, this set me back for a couple of years when I found out about this. Given the wrongdoer, the one that hurt you the most, compassion, benevolence, and love. And as we give these, we as forgivers realize that the offender does not necessarily have a right to such gifts, but we give it as an act of mercy. To watch the video episode with today's co-host, visit KeishaShields.com slash podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of She Will Not Be Silenced with Keisha Shields. And I have the fabulous Stephanie McNeil here with me today. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Keisha. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. This year is just moving right along, which is crazy. It feels really long and really short at the same time. I feel like I've missed a few months somewhere. (laughs) I feel the same way. I cannot believe that this is almost September. Mm -hmm. Which means it's almost Christmas. Because once September hits, (laughs) <laughs> and you be just the rest of the year just flies on by which is crazy thank you for joining our show today i'm super excited about it so we're just gonna jump right into it so that our listeners can get a chance to learn more about you and a bit about your story and about what you do so i always like to start the podcast by asking our co-host for today so tell us who is stephanie stephanie is a forgiveness coach a podcast host, a speaker, an author who is now thriving after experiencing infidelity in marriage and being newly single. Infidelity was the precipitating event that shaped, molded, and was the catalyst and continues to be the catalyst for growth in my life. So much so that it illuminated my destiny and now is my passion and pleasure to see women and people bounce back from traumatic events like infidelity, like all types of abuse, so they can do their work to forgive those things and forgive those people that hurt them. Because I really believe that forgiveness is necessary for people to live out their God-given purpose. 
And that's how I am able to work with people to help them to go from heartbreak to happy so that ultimately they grow and have the power and the passion to live their best life by being free to love. From heartbreak to happy, right? Yes, from heartbreak to happy. Wow. So, okay, so then let's just dive right in, okay? Okay. How did you gain the courage, the strength to actually turn this traumatic event for you around and make it something that you became empowered by and felt compelled to start helping others? Well, following the death of my dad in 2012, who lived a life of purpose, he impacted a lot of people. He mentored and trained a lot of people. And for me, after his death, I looked at my own life and I was like, girl, you are not doing anything but living as a victim, you know, and singing the same old song and throwing the same old pity party. And so I just decided to really discover my purpose. And I went through this spiritual development program called Identity and Destiny. And that's when I learned that I am a minister of reconciliation called to the masses. So really purpose was my driver. And once I did that and and discovered that, you know, I'm to be a forgiveness coach, this is my life's calling. You know, God just really told me that my success was tied into my ability or inability to forgive my ex-husband. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Talk about (laughs) pressure. Okay. Pressure. (laughs) So once you heard that message from God, tell me what happened from there. How did you feel about it? Did you believe and trust in it in that moment? Then what happened after that? Like, how did you actually go from hearing that to figuring out what do I do with it now? Well, my first response was that I cried like a baby (laughs) and I call it a Jonah. I ran the opposite way because I come from a generations of bitter women. You know, I had become bitter. My mother was bitter and her mother was bitter. But the thing that was driving me was my desire not to pass that same bitterness to my children Mm -hmm. because, you know, it really changed who I was as a person. I have known since I was a kid, a young kid, that greatness was inside of me. I knew that potential, like my potential was really great. And for a while, when I worked in corporate America, I had forgotten about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it really was the internal knowing that my life is supposed to be of greater purpose Mm -hmm. that kept me going. Yep. And despite the failures, because it took me a long time to see success in my business, a long time, but that was because of that victim mentality that I just couldn't seem to shake. I was trying to let it go. And I was going out there and presenting my business and speaking and doing all kinds of things, but I just couldn't break through because of that thing that God told me. (laughs) I am not going to let you get to where you need to, because you got to do this work. Yeah, so for those of you who are just listening to the audio, I'm like nodding my head (laughs) as talking because I think that even if we have not experienced that, like you're the scenario that really shifted it for you, I think that with my audience and my listeners, so many of us 
have had a time where we have heard so clearly what it is that we actually need to do to actually break through right to the other side. And then it becomes, I don't know if it's fear or consume or we feel like we know best or we don't really want to do that work. And then you end up going all around like in a huge circle only to end mm-hmm. right back up where you could have already have <laughs> kind of blasted past. So mm-hmm. I'm just nodding because I can recognize some of that in some of my own experience, which I talk about a little bit. And I think our listeners, quite a few of them will also be able to relate to that feeling of, man, I feel like I just made it so much harder for myself, right? Like by taking the other route or not doing the work in the way that I could have in that moment. Well, you think you know, you think Mm -hmm. you know what you just need to get in this program. You need to follow this guru. Oh, I need to marketing. That's what I need. No, I need a business coach. No, I need to go to this conference. No, I need to read this book. I need to do all this stuff. No, fear was a big factor, but I had to get over myself because this is not about me. It's about what I'm supposed to be accomplishing. And another thing for me was I didn't feel qualified because my background is business and marketing. I didn't feel qualified also because I knew that even though I had gotten to a certain level, I knew that I still hadn't gone all the way over in being free. And the litmus test for that is if you no longer have negative thoughts, feelings, actions towards the person, the place, or what happened, then you're free. But if you still have negative thoughts towards that person, if you still, you know, avoid them, if you still just say, well, I'm just not going to deal with, I'm put this aside. Listen, if you buried it, it's still alive and it is manifesting somewhere in your life for nothing else. You're not able to get to that full, you know, potential of what it is that you're doing. Yeah. Like that. I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because I always, one of the things that I really take a lot of pride in with my podcast is just how real the conversations get, right? And it's one of those things like you'll probably feel good at the end of it, but usually like my co-hosts when they come on, they hit you with like the pow pow, you know, just those things that you can't ignore when you recognize them in yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is challenging to a lot of people. As I was listening what you were saying. I'm like, yeah, there's probably some instances where I haven't actually truly forgiven because I'm listening to what you're saying, right? And I'm also hearing and recognizing something I'll share is with my dad. So my dad passed last year. Mm. Suddenly, you know, unexpectedly, we had a journey of just like healing and forgiveness that happened right before he passed. And it was just such a difference. Like when I actually truly forgave him, truly like forgave myself, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I forgave myself first. And then Mm -hmm. when I felt like I could actually forgive all of the experiences, like the entire relationship dynamic completely shifted. But I felt the difference in here before Mm -hmm. it ever manifested like anywhere else, right? Before Mm -hmm. it ever came into form. Mm -hmm. But it was just one of the most healing, beautiful things that took place. And then quite frankly, I want to say probably about two weeks later, my dad passed. Wow. That's an awesome blessing. You know what I mean? Right. And I remember 
and he passed away like in my arms, you know, all of that. Oh, um, yeah. Wow. And I remember just telling him because I knew that that was going to be the day I woke up that day and I was as sick as ever. I was as sick as ever. And I had walked into the office. I remember it so clear. It was on a Tuesday. And I told them, I was like, I said, my dad is going to pass. So I'm not going to be back into the office for a while. And they were like, what? Because it kind of like caught everybody out. You know, it was just, it was a yeah. thing. And he passed that night. Wow. And, you know, it was just felt so, so good. And I just remember holding him and just talking about how I was like, dad, I'm so glad that you got to hear that I forgave you and I forgave mm. myself. And I'm wow. glad, I mean, he told, he had forgiven himself as well, you know, because he apologized for some things that had transpired that I just needed to hear, you know, at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was like, he passed like right after that. And when I tell you the burden that I no longer carried in me, like mm -hmm. it was one of the most healing, most beautiful spaces in my life. And mm -hmm. I think that was one of the first major times where I recognized the power of forgiveness and the importance of it starting here with myself, right? You mm -hmm. know, so I would love to hear you if you're open, talk a little bit more about how can we learn to truly start to forgive? You know, the thing about it is that there are so many lies that we've told ourselves about what forgiveness is or what it isn't. I like to use a definition that a British philosopher uses, and her definition is. When unjustly hurt by another, we forgive when we overcome the resentment towards the offender, not by denying your right to the resentment, but instead trying to offer Now y'all get ready for this because let me tell you something, this set me back for a couple of years when I found out about this. Giving the wrongdoer, the one that hurt you the most, compassion, benevolence, and love. And as we give these, we as forgivers realize that the offender does not necessarily have a right to such gifts, but we give it as an act of mercy. I was stopped in my tracks for a number of years over that compassion, benevolence, and love. What? Mm -hmm. But the thing about it is that in forgiveness, you acknowledge that the offense was unfair and will always be unfair. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. A lot of times people just want to gloss over stuff. You can't do that and expect to be healthy, you know? And then the second part is that we have a moral right to be angry and it's fair to have that view that people don't have the right to hurt you. And so, especially in Christian circles, especially Christian women, really, you know what? Women, period. Women can't be angry. But then here's the other thing. The thing about the anger is we have the right to be angry, but we don't have the right to retaliation. We don't have the right to revenge and all of those things. But then forgiveness requires you to, even though you have these rights, you give them up. Now that's the part because a lot of times the person hasn't forgiven. They might not even known they've done it. They could be dead. Like, thank God you did that before your dad died. Yes. Some people, their offender died. Some people, their offender, they'll never see them again. You know, so it's such a complex, it's simple, right? Forgive, just tell me forgive. But like I say all the time, forgiveness is a choice. And then the journey begins and it is a journey. It's a journey. And that's exactly why I use that word. Like it was such a journey. So then I'm going to ask you this because 
I'm a little bit on the other side of it. So I'll explain what I mean, right? So I am someone who I almost always, almost always choose compassion and benevolence above all things. In my interactions with people, when I know them, when they've hurt me, when I'm angry, a lot of times people don't even know that I'm angry with them, as an example, right? Because kind of how I am now is just kind of how I am, right? And so I, at a point where I felt like, I always thought that I I forgave someone because I was able to be compassionate. I was able to be loving. So I didn't recognize that, that, you know what I mean, that those markers were still there because that particular thing wasn't my issue, right? But Mm -hmm. something else you said, which was I recognized that I had resentment. That resentment was showing up. So what Mm -hmm. advice or guidance would you have for someone like myself or my listeners who their issue isn't the compassion or benevolence or showing lovingness, right? It's being able to continue to be that person, yet still acknowledge the hurt, the anger, and all of those things and the resentment that's showing up in terms of how to start feeling forgiveness inside of that. Well, I, I feel that it's very important that, you know, just like you said, you need to acknowledge it. And a lot of times to acknowledge that someone has hurt you, especially somebody that you're close to, two things that I discover about that, it takes humility and vulnerability. Okay. And those are two things that are uncomfortable and unpopular. <laughs> but let me tell you something. <laughs> it is such a... I'm going to tell you a quick story. I have a friend, actually, my friend that helped me to overcome the hurt and the pain and the shame associated with the infidelity that I experienced for the majority of my marriage. We had a disagreement. She didn't even know that I felt the way that I felt. And one of my highest values is relationships. And so my relationship with her was more important than my feelings. Because she was still like mentoring me and and all of that. And so I didn't want it to happen that when I am, you know, watching one of her videos or I'm doing something and I be like, you know, y'all can't see me. I'm making a face, but I'm just like, "Mm, look at her. You know, you start to pick them apart and, you know, notice their deficiencies and their faults and all that. And so I really examined myself. I took a step back. I examined myself, say, what's going on with me? What's going on in my heart? And that's when I realized, wow, first of all, to go to her, I need to humble myself and say, hey, I know it's petty, it's whatever, but that hurt me. And that took vulnerability. And it feels uncomfortable. It feels naked. But guess what happened? First of all, she didn't realize that you know, she had hurt me to that extent. And number two, it bonded our trust even tighter. Mm -hmm. She knows now that she can trust me, you know, and I don't have to be fake with her. I didn't have to, you know, I mean, because that's what might have happened. It might have happened that I would go on with my relationship with her, but I would just be faking it. And so another way that I show up all the time is transparent and authentic. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be free to be who I am transparently, authentically, so that I can love her 
I can continue to learn from her and she can continue to learn from me. So that's yes. just be honest, you know, because it says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Cause when that happens, you build a brick wall. And so soon your brick wall is so high and your heart is so hard. That's when it takes a lot of work and a lot of pain to get that out. Okay. So y'all hear that? <laughs> right. Do y'all hear that? Because sometimes it makes a big difference when you hear something at just the right time, right? When you're mm -hmm. at a place or space in your life where you're actually ready to hear and receive something, when you're actually at a place in your spirit, in your heart, where you're actually ready to transmute it, you know what I mean? To really transform it into something that helps you to not only become but that helps to serve you at the greater good of who you are. Like mm -hmm. there's something I recognized, you know, in just the power I felt and the forgiveness journey to myself, right? Like I said, it started there. Like I was like with my dad, for example, I've always said, I'm not going to say I forgive you if I'm not hundred percent sure that I do. Like to me, my word is my bond. And it's very important to me because trust, like you said, trust is so important in dynamic, in relationship. But it was a big difference when I was actually able to tell that person that I had pure forgiveness for what they did. But that was kind of like the middle of it. The beginning of it was it started with me mm -hmm. and it was something that I felt in my sales just knew that the transformation had taken place even before others may have ever seen it themselves. And I just wanted to kind of highlight, you know, for our listeners and everyone, the value of giving yourself the credit when you're on the journey and you're doing the work, mm -hmm. right? Because so many people have a lot of pain from memories we have all the way mm -hmm. you know, throughout and to give yourself credit when you are doing the work, when you are taking the steps, and when you are actually being vulnerable, being transparent, you know, in, in an effort to grow, because it goes a long way. You know, trust, like Stephanie said, trust in the relationship is pretty much everything. And I feel the same way when it comes to myself. I trust myself more than I trust anybody on this planet. Mm. Right? And it's taking a long time for me to get there. Right. Because I know that I have my best, purest intentions in mind. I know that I want the best for me above what anyone else could want for me. Right. And it's taking a long time. But when I started to trust myself that way, it spilled mm -hmm. over into so many other things. I started to mm -hmm. make decisions that were truly aligned for me. Mm. that truly at my core was like my center, you know? And so I just wanted to kind of bring that forth, you know, in addition, you know, to what you were sharing. So Stephanie, when we're on our journeys to forgiveness, when we want to be free, what is one of the biggest hangups or trip ups that happens to clients or people that you know, when they're on their journeys? You know what the biggest hang up that I found was that is people even admitting that they have a forgiveness problem or unforgiveness problem. Okay. That is the, oh my God. It's so frustrating. We don't understand that if you buried it, I said it earlier, if you buried it, it's still alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You cannot go through something and not 
process it and it not live somewhere in your body. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is we don't want to be thought of as a bitter person. People are trying to protect who they want to be, who they want to be perceived as, but we see it. I can read your post. Mm -hmm. I can go down your timeline. Yes. And tell whether or not you have a problem with unforgiveness. Woo! And it's so frustrating to me because you're not a bad person if you've been hurt. Mm-hmm. We all have been hurt. We all had crazy stuff to happen to us in our childhood. Mm-hmm. But you are hurting yourself by continuing to be stuck. You are allowing this thing real estate in your mind. You know what? Let me tell you something. So you see how I am today. Mm-hmm. I ain't got no weave on. I mean, not that I'm against weave because I just took some braids off. But let me tell you something. I used to have to be all made up. I used to have to, you know, would never go out without this, that, and the other. But you know what? When I forgave, I started to accept me for who I am on the inside. And I didn't need all that extra stuff. I didn't need to have the latest and the greatest and You know, and I'm not saying that I don't like nice things. I do. But when you take care of this, your beauty starts to emanate from the inside out. And it's so freeing. And guess what, y'all? Some benefits of it is that, you know, I mean, I'm a newly single woman. You start to attract the man of your dreams. You start to attract destiny. I have clients now that we have a conversation and they're ready to start. They paying me before I could even get to sending them the invoice. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, thank you more, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, because you are really unbothered. Mm-hmm. You are really unbothered. Yep. It's not an attitude unbothered. Mm-hmm. It's a I am at peace. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I know that things are in alignment and they are flowing. Mm -hmm. It is a state of being. And then others start to notice it. I know people now who are just like, oh my gosh, Keisha, like what? I'm like, when you said there's a level of just unbotheredness that wasn't there before, you know, for me. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I feel so much more just genuine to like who I am, you know what I mean? And who I desire to become, who I know God created me to be. I'm telling you, the freeing feeling that came with it was just undeniable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there's a big difference in how I show up, you know, in the world, you know, but to myself first. Always say to myself first. I got to I'm like, you might as well not even lie. Don't lie to me because you can't you can't lie to yourself. If anything, Mm -hmm. people who lie to themselves or or we I think we've all had a time we try to lie to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. You always be exposed because yourself knows what's going on. Right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But it's like people will start to see it and it radiates. Like you said, you'll start to attract. I completely agree. You'll start to attract beautiful friendships. You'll meet maybe new friends, mm-hmm. you know, new romantic interests. You start to get amazing clients. You might start to get better roles at work. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You may start to be scouted out for more C-suite, C-level positions or leadership roles. There is such a beautiful dynamic that can take place externally when that internal healing 
and dynamic has started to really shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this, Stephanie. Next question I have for you. Okay, so can you think of a time in your life? It can be anywhere from your earliest memories to your latest memories, right? Okay. Where you have felt like your voice had been silenced even if you didn't recognize that's what it was at the time. Yeah. It was being in that emotionally abusive relationship. You know, I just felt like squashed down because I have a big personality and loud mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And I kept having to fight to be who I am. And so when I got out of that situation, I was so insecure. You have this greatness inside. I still could tell that, you know, this greatness and I would have conversation with certain people and I'd see flashes of it, but it's really when I gave myself permission to be me. So when I say that, okay, like I would look at other coaches and things like that and online and on social media and everybody would seem like they had it all together. And so I was like, I didn't feel like I had it together, Mm -hmm. but I also still knew that I had a call. And it wasn't until I really started to work with clients that told me that my vulnerability, my transparency was what attracted them to me. I mean, I actually would share pages of my journal I couldn't show up the way everybody else did. Like they had it all together because I knew I didn't. But this is what I learned. I can still be effective. I can still be used. Even if I can't do or don't do a two-hour periscope, Mm -hmm. as people were doing back in the day. I can come in, like I call it, I hit it and quit it. I just got a little bit of something to say to Mm y'all. But people would comment, man, that was really powerful. That was what I needed. I'm not long-winded. I just come in, I just have a little bit to say. And when I don't have nothing else to say, I shut up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just learning how to be me. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So how did you start to actually reclaim your voice? Like, I know you talked a lot about when you heard from God and you knew that you needed to forgive, right? Once you started to do that, how did you actually reclaim your voice and your power? I allowed myself to heal. I gave myself space to heal. 2019 was a really, really hard year for me. My divorce was final in March. My spiritual mother passed away in May and my mother passed away in June. So I really just unplugged. I just took two months off and just rested and I grieved and I was true to myself. I didn't try to hide. I didn't try to sugarcoat it. I just really took the time to get to know me and to heal and to connect with community. So then you talked about reconnecting with yourself, right? What are maybe, let's say two, two to three, of the things that you love and appreciate the most about yourself and where you are on your journey? Number one is my relationship with God. That was my compass. That was my 
hiding place. That was my protection, my provision, you know, just really connecting with God and, and allowing him to love on me and just really laying bare before him. And then the second thing was realizing that, and this was my cry all the time, you know, when I was in that bad relationship, like, Lord, please don't let my pain be in vain. I'll go through this, but just don't let it be for nothing. I knew it was for something. Mm -hmm. And my purpose is what continued to propel me forward because I knew, and people would say, Stephanie, what you're doing is so needed. They would say it, but then they would still be sitting on their arms. They was not giving me that credit card. You know what I mean? I'm like, show me some love for real, y'all, you know? But, <laughs> but you know, I'm so glad it went the way that it went because now you are messing yourself up if you don't do this work with me. You are holding yourself back. And not necessarily with me, but I'm saying this type of work. Mm -hmm, certainly. You are holding yourself back. Yeah. So that's actually a good place for you. So tell our listeners a little bit about how they can connect more with you. If they're finding this to be resonant for where they are right now, how can they move forward or reach out to you to connect with you? I mean, they can go right to my scheduling link. It's called talktostephanie.com, talkthenumbertostephanie.com. What I discovered as I was in my journey, I discovered the pathway to my healing. What were the steps? What did it take? It took three things for me to heal. Okay. Process, accountability, and community. And when I looked at my journey, I had all of those things were not together. They were not under one place, one umbrella. And so that's what I created in the community that I'm building. It's called Together She Rises. And it is really patterned after a lioness pride. Because lionesses in the wild, they form large social groups. They live together. They raise their cubs together. They hunt together. They eat together. They protect each other. And that's the culture that we're cultivating within this mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. And just to create optimal environment for people to heal. And it's a safe place. Yeah. And having a safe place is so important especially mm -hmm. when the work you have to do, like the person is so vulnerable. You know mm -hmm. what I mean, right? Because it brings up sometimes feelings of fear, embarrassment, shame, silence, and like so many things can come up. So having a safe space. Also, Stephanie, you have a podcast. So yes. Tell our about that. <laughs> it's the Free to Love podcast. And I always tackle taboo topics, okay? God always has me with all this, these things that people don't talk about. <laughs> so season one, I interviewed adult children whose parents committed adultery. Season two was a survivors of sexual abuse. And season three is conversations about racism and religion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Free to love. All <laughs> free right. to love. And yeah. Make sure you use the number two to find it. If you're mm -hmm. And I was going to say, just for everybody know, when you go to the episode webpage, you'll see all of the links to Stephanie. You'll see her, all of how you can contact her, how you can get on her calendar, 
how you can follow her on social, how you can check out her podcast. So don't worry, just click in the episode webpage and you'll be able to see all that information so that you all can stay in contact and stay in touch. And don't forget to let us know like what your thoughts are about this episode. If you find something resonant, if you want to hear a little bit more of something about this particular topic, you know, or any of that. Stephanie, did you have any final things that you wanted to share with our audience today? Yes, I do. The thing that I say all the time is that, and I think I said it earlier, but it's so true. Forgiveness is a choice. And then the journey begins. But I promise you, I promise you, it's worth it. And you are worth it. You are worth the work. Mm. Woo! <laughs> On that note, everyone, Stephanie, thank you so much for talking about this, because I have a feeling that this is something that many people listening are going to actually be needing to hear, especially with the way things have turned out over this last year. It's bringing Mm -hmm. up so many things for people, so many things. And so I appreciate you coming on, you know, to share with our She Will Not Be Silenced listeners. Like this has been really awesome. So thank you so much, everyone. I hope that you you all enjoyed this episode and we will connect with you soon. Ta-ta. Bye. To watch the video episode with today's co-host, visit KeishaShields.com slash podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to be notified of our next episode because you won't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to this episode of She Will Not Be Silenced with Keisha Shields. If you are an executive or highly driven leader ready to amplify your wealth, legacy, and your voice on your terms and overcome the impact of feeling silenced, visit KeishaShields.com slash hire to work with me one-to-one or to find more information on how to bring me into your company or organization to help support your women leaders.